if you look at an iceberg, what you see really is just 10%. The real, the big part of the iceberg, the 90% is underwater. Uh, the visible is built on what other people cannot see. What is visible uh, to, of the iceberg is actually built on what no one else can see under the surface. And that Jesus, he actually calls us to iceberg living. For what is not seen by other people will then produce something in our lives that is then seen by other by those around us. Uh, in Matthew 6, 6 is the scripture that we're going off of for that. It says, but uh, Jesus saying, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly iceberg living for what you do what no one else sees when you spend time with God in his presence in prayer that what will happen is that actually uh, produces prepares and positions you it produces the fruit of the spirit in you it, it positions you for because I believe God has got good plans for you a hope and a future oh it must be important because my voice cracked there a hope and a future that God's got good things and that his character will produce in you as you spend time with him and that he will actually position you to meet people that is only a God thing like what Pastor Chris was saying of like where he's met people where it is God just positioning him of where it's only God that it's God who's put him before those people I believe God has that so God will reward you openly the scripture says for what you do in the private in the secret place your time of spending time with God what is seen by others in your life, I believe, is a result of the times in the secret place connecting with God so that people can see the goodness of God in your life, the faithfulness of God, the peace of God in your life, the blessing, the, the provision of God, the love of God in your life. Jesus is calling us to iceberg living. Connecting with God in private in the secret place so then that transfers to above surface what other people can see. And when you respond to that, I believe then you'll be able to, to walk in the fullness that God has for you. That there's things that God has prepared for you that you will only be able to position yourself to receive when you go into that time with God. You know, I am so excited about this series. Um, one of the reasons why is because since I've been studying out iceberg living, I've like decided, you know what, I'm going to up the ante in my life. I'm going to be doing more of this in my life. And it has been just amazing what God has been doing of like just seeing God just move, whether it's at our Thrive groups. Hey, Honestly, serious plug for Thrive Groups. They are just great. And, uh, and God is just moving. And like literally, we're praying for things. And boom, God next day is answering them. Or it's um, where there's been times where I've decided, okay, I'm going to up the ante. I'm going to uh, spend more iceberg living. And then God has been hooking me up with like divine connections that will help out, you know, I believe our church. Um, there's times where like even just yesterday uh levi my one and a half year old he loves diggers right um you might have other fancy words for him but he loves we call them 
diggers. And it is awesome. He loves it. And we're going to Natalie's game uh, yesterday. So Levi and I were driving in the car and we're driving. He's like, digger, digger, digger. I'm like, okay, I feel like you want to see a digger. Um, But we're not going to any construction site. We're going like inner city, son. Like, but I said, okay, we're going to pray. Let's pray. So I prayed. I said, Lord, would you show Levi a digger? And then I said, okay, Levi, say in Jesus' name, amen. He says, amen. I'm like, okay, now we got to say thank you, Jesus, for it, and we, we thank God. Literally, we came around the corner of driving. This is inner city by the university. Boom, right there was a digger. And we're like, and Levi's like, digger, digger, there is a digger. And then the, usually I don't like red lights, but the red lights stopped right there, and we got to watch the digger, right? The small things. Or I think of even uh, when we submitted our name to the government for Thrive Church, um, we had given ourselves plenty of time. It's supposed to take six weeks to get our name. And uh, uh, after six weeks, we called. There was no movement. They said they're backed up for five months. Five months. And I'm like, whoa. So what did we do? We prayed. And literally, um, a Friday morning, uh, God just said, we we made a call. The next Monday, they said, um, yep, it's been approved. Like literally, the next like day possible. That is a God thing of iceberg living, where it's below the scenes. We pray, boom, God moves. So I'm excited. Um, also, okay, one more thing, and then um, but also on Monday, because I'm like on this. I am so on this because I'm like I'm studying this. I'm in it, and I'm like okay. So I'm praying more. I'm like icebergging it up. I'm like that's a new verb for you guys. Icebergging it. Um, so I'm icebergging it. And on Monday, I'm, I'm just, I said, God, you know what? I would just really like, you know, an iPad to preach on. I didn't like beg or like God and like, you know, gnash my teeth or anything like that. But I was like, God, I just want, you know, I'd really like an iPad. And then Wednesday, I had breakfast with someone that I haven't seen in like three months. Um, and by the way, I had not told anybody about this. Uh, and I go for breakfast. As we're going to uh, going to leave, he says, oh, um, by the way, I felt like God told me to buy this for you. I have something in my truck. Pulls it out. It's an iPad. And then so I like cry like I'm like trying to be tough and everything I'm like crying and it's like literally on Monday I prayed iceberg in it and on Wednesday um like God gives it to me through this person and I look at the little receipt because the the guy got me even apple care which I'm like I didn't even pray for that that is abundance um and uh and he bought it on the fourth on on the Monday when I was and I'm like God so I'm excited because if, if God can do that for me, surely he will do that for you. I know that he will. And I'm excited as you iceberg live, as you spend time with God in the presence of God, that I'm excited for what will show up in your life, what breakthroughs will happen in your life because of the underneath surface that no one will know, but God sees and he'll see, hey, you're icebergging it. Know what? What you do in private, know what? I'm going to reward and that other people can see. I love this quote. It says this. Uh, Mark Patterson says this. He says, if you pray to God regularly, irregularly, irregular things will happen on the regular. I think that's so good. When we pray to God regularly, irregular things will happen on the regular. 
I love that. I love that. So today, we're going to continue in this series, and I want to talk to you about iceberg living in the heat of life. Iceberg living in the heat of life. You know, in Calgary, snow happens, right? In Calgary, snow happens. We've experienced it this morning. Um, and, you know, I think maybe for at least 9, 10, 11 months of the year, we're pretty much guaranteed that we're going to see snow in some shape or form, right? Whether it's just snow and then it melts, but there's always snow. And um, I don't know about you, but I really like the days where it snows in the morning, but it's forecast to get really warm that day. The reason why is because I hate shoveling. And that I know that, okay, it's on the forecast. Bring on the Chinook, right? Bring, on, bring your wind. But, uh, and the, and the, it heats up. And then, because I know, then I don't have to shovel because the heat melts it away. I can just leave and then come back home. There's no shoveling required, right? It's great. It's awesome. But I found out when we moved into our current house that our house is positioned perfectly. It's positioned perfectly for snow and ice. So when I, when I drive out, when I go leave in the morning and I go away and, and, and the weather will say, yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're going to get a great weather, 12 degrees. And I'm thinking no snow on that drive. It snowed in the morning. It's going away. But I'm thinking, okay, this is good. No shoveling for me. And then, then I, I come back. I see everybody else's driveways as I'm driving. They're all melted. The sidewalks are melted. It is glorious. It is wonderful. I'm not going to have to shovel when I get home. And then I'm driving, driving either side of the street. It's clear. And then I get and I see my house in sight. And one of these things are not like the other. One of these things are not quite the same. And that is my house. My house is still on the driveway, on the sidewalk, is covered in snow. Because it is positioned perfectly. My driveway and my sidewalk is positioned perfectly because my house faces north. My house shields and provides a shadow for my driveway. And the trees around my neighbor's yard and my yard provide a shield uh, from the east so there is no sun coming that way either. So that that sidewalk doesn't uh, uh, see any sun. That driveway doesn't see any sun. My neighbor to the other side is melted. My neighbor to the other side is melted. Definitely the south-facing neighbor is melted. But oh, my house is positioned perfectly. Why? Because it is under the shadow of my house. It is abiding in the shadow underneath, right? I, I, I think of, too, is life can heat up, right? Life can get hot where, where there's pressures, right? Uh, whether it's pressure from work, deadlines, dealing with clients that no one wants to deal with, right? Or, or just needing to go out, get business. Maybe there's home, family, you want to be a good husband, a good wife, a good parent, or just balancing that dynamic, responsibilities, financial pressures, some heat in life, or just the busyness of life. The go, 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 right? You like have to go here, then you have to go there, then you have to take your kid to this practice, then that practice, then you got to like go do 
this, and it's just like somewhere in there you have to like eat, and then like, I don't know, like do housework, and then there's just cares of things coming up, maybe some opposition. But have you ever had that where life just feels like it heats up a bit? Where it feels a little hot, a little bit under pressure, where it's like, I'm feeling the heat. I'm feeling the heat. Whether it's cares, responsibilities, opposition, challenge. You know, my driveway doesn't get affected by the heat. Why? Because it is in the shadow. It is in the shadow of my house. So the heat is affecting my neighbor to the right, my neighbor to the left. It's affecting my neighbor to the the other side. It's affecting my neighbor to the front side. But it is not coming nigh my dwelling. Um, But it isn't coming anywhere close to me. I think when life heats up, when it's heated in life, we need to chill in the shadow of the Almighty. To rest in God and allow him to fight your battles. Psalms 91, it says this. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust him. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He shall shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly by day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes midday. You know, when life gets heated, when life gets heated and where, where it feels like the pressures of life, when it gets heated, we need to go and rest in God, chill in the shadow of the Almighty. Because God is the one who can, who will fight your battles. He will protect you. He will provide for you. He is your provision. He is the one who will give you peace. He is the one who will give you wisdom of how to deal with those situations. In order to iceberg live, in order to do some icebergging, we need to abide in the shadow of the Almighty, to remain and rest in Him, allowing God to fight our battles. When things become heated with pressures, with challenges, with the busyness of a life, I think iceberg living can melt away when we try and do things in our own strength. When we try and do things in our own strength. Because I think, I don't know about you, but one of my defaults is when, when there are things happening or challenges, I want to do right? Like when things are happening, I want to do something about it. I want to fix something. I think that's maybe more of, more of our default is to do something about it, fix something about it. And when we try and do something in our own ability, not just doing something is not necessarily bad, but when we do it in our own ability of like, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to fix it. Then we step out of that shelter of the Almighty. We step out of the shade of the Almighty. Uh, When things get heated, I think it can be easy to just say, okay, I'm going to do something about it, 
I'm going to do something about it. You know, financial pressure comes, so then you start to do something about it. You start to worry about it, right? I'm going to think this situation, right? You think, okay, how's this going to work? Okay, I'm going to work this, and, and you can start to worry about it. Or, you know, things aren't progressing as fast as you think. So then you think, okay, maybe I'm going to do more add more to what I'm doing. I'm going to just, you know, add a little bit more. Maybe that will help uh, me to do things. Or maybe you feel so tired, so worn out, so then you say, okay, I'm going to self-prescribe. I'm going to give myself a self-prescription of some Netflix, of some more scrolling on social media. I'm going to up the ante on that because I'm going to self-prescribe and do something. Or maybe you have pressure of like, I want to achieve something. I want to be someone. Uh, but God has actually already called you. He's already said what you are. Uh, but you say, I want to be somebody. I want to do something. So then you work harder. You do more. You do more. You do more. I think one of the most glorified addictions in North American culture is workaholism. Where it's like, okay, I'm going to work more. I believe that God has called us to do work, but to do it with him and do it out of a place of rest. But when we try and take things into our own, uh, own hands, okay, I'm going to achieve. I'm going to do this. And we can then just go, go, go. And, and you know, I think actually that work hall, is, that if I was sitting there, I'd be like, preach, because I'd be, that's speaking to me. Um, but when you try and do things in your own strength, I think it starts that cycle of just busyness and tired where it's like you're trying to fix things because it's not going so well, but then it just makes you more tired or more worn out or more busy, and it just becomes this cycle and where it's just like, okay, and then what slowly starts to melt away, if I'm honest, in my life and maybe in your life, is what starts to melt away is that iceberg living. Because all these other things start to fill my time, start to, because I'm trying to do it, I'm trying to achieve, I'm trying to fix it, so then what melts away in the heat of life is that iceberg living, is that seeking God and that time with Him. And it becomes, it becomes a cycle of, okay, I'm tired, I'm worn out, so that now, but, so I'm too tired to spend this time. Or I'm too busy so I can't spend this time. But really, the time spent with God is where you do receive your strength. The time spent with God is where you do receive that healing, that joy that you're searching for. You know, that time spent with God is where you do receive your identity, who he says you are. You know, the time with God is where he does align you where you need to go, where he gives you your purpose. Because you are here for a purpose. God has got a good plan for you, a hope, a future. He loves you so much. With him is when you receive your rest. But the thing is, is it can be so easy to become in that cycle of busyness, of just heat and trying to fix things on our own that it's I'm too tired to do to spend time or I'm, t I'm just too busy to spend time but really it's that time in there where you receive everything you need to handle what is going on and doing uh in doing so you know we we may feel more heat more pressure and then we can become tired and where it's like I'm just too tired and that can melt away and that cycle can keep continuing and what the end of that cycle is it's called burnout right 
It's called burnout, where you try and keep doing everything in yourself. And the cycle that is, whether it's a physical, emotional, a combination of burnout, right? But Jesus, he invites us in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29, says this. In the message, he says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. How good is that? And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. In order to iceberg it, it's a new verb for you. In order to iceberg live, we need to remain in the shadow of the Almighty to chill and remain, to cease from trying to do things on our own strength, but rather remain in his shadow, walking with Jesus, working with Jesus, letting him, letting us be co-laborers with him, not doing things for it. And, you know, in Hebrews 4, 9, it says this, so we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience as we enter into God's faith, uh, rest life, we will cease from our own works just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So then we must give our all in and be eager to experience this faith, rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. I like that of like, being diligent to enter into that rest and then being able to work out of that rest to iceberg live. Jesus has called us to be iceberg living, to spending time with him in the time that is unseen by people underneath and that will then produce what is seen by others in your life. To, to be iceberg living. It's, it's, it's so good to say, right? It's like, that's great, Josiah. Iceberg it. But how do we abide? How do we remain? When life is so crazy, so busy, and you're, have you ever felt like you've been pulled in like 10 different directions in just 10 minutes? Have you ever felt like that? Where it is just busy. It is full. It is like where at times you feel like you can't breathe. How do you iceberg live in that? You know, this morning when you woke up, maybe you checked your phone, right? You brushed your teeth, you had your coffee, you put on your seatbelt, and all those things, you didn't need a list to do them, right? You didn't have to have, check my phone, check the gram, uh, see how many lights, likes I got on that post that I put on, uh, right? You didn't need, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth. You didn't need to have a list of, okay, now put on my seatbelt. Why? Because, it, because that, because as long as you've been brushing, as long as you could brush your teeth, you've been doing it. It has been part of your rhythm of life, right? It became part of your rhythm and routine of life. It's part of that natural rhythm of your morning. Because you've been brushing your teeth for that long. So no matter how busy you are, 
no matter how like a crazy text you get that you got to deal with, I'd be pretty safe to say about 99% of that time, you still brush your teeth. Why? Because it's part of your rhythm of life. It's part of just your daily, um, daily routine, right? I think because it's developed a healthy habit in your life. It doesn't help, for me at least, it doesn't help that I know that brushing my teeth is, is good, so I do it. How do I know that? Because I know flossing is good, and I don't do that. But, um, but I brush my teeth every day. Why? Because it's part of that rhythm of life, that it's just part of it, so it doesn't matter how life is. It's happening. It, my seatbelt gets clicked in. I don't think about it because it's part of that rhythm of life. I think in the same way, Jesus is calling us to iceberg living in that same sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. I believe Jesus talks about iceberg living, of how to make that actually part of your rhythm of life. It says this. In Matthew 6, 9, it says, In this manner, therefore pray, this is Jesus saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then check this out. It says, Give us this day our daily bread. God has something for you every day. He's got a now word for you to sustain you. And when we iceberg it daily, when we go one day, two day, five day, ten day, spending time in the presence of God, the more consistent you are, I think the more it becomes part of your routine. Uh, it becomes not ritualistic, but part of the rhythm of your life. That, and at first it can be a little hard to get it going. But at first, maybe you're more, okay, I'm going to write this down, put it in my phone, put it on a little alarm. Okay, Josiah, it's time to iceberg it, right? It's time to pray, right? But you make that part of the rhythm of your life, daily bread, because it's not a religious thing. It's part of how to connect with God. And the more you make that part of the rhythm of your life, the more it will set you up to be able to walk in that abundant life that God has for you. It will become like brushing your teeth. I don't know about you, but with brushing my teeth, this is a very personal talk here. But uh, about personal hygiene. Okay, let's pray for Josiah. He doesn't floss. But uh, with brushing my teeth, I don't know. I can't actually fall asleep until I brush my teeth. I don't know about you, but if I don't brush my teeth, I have the hardest time. Why? It's part of my rhythm. As you make spending time with God part of your rhythm, it, after a while, it'll be like, when you, don't, when you miss it, for whatever reason, it'll be like, something's just off. And then once you spend time with him, I'm like, minty fresh. That's good. Right? I think also Psalms 91, in verse 2, it says this, I will say, Lord, you are my refuge, you are my strength. If you make the choice daily, God, you are making that part of your rhythm of life. You know, it, uh, my first car was a 92 Dodge Colt. I know, you guys are impressed. That's right, 92 Dodge Colt. Um, and it, I didn't buy it in 92. And uh, <laughs> bought it for $500. It... Uh, it had, um, I called it leopard detailing on the roof. Some would call it rust. Um, it had a aerodynamic side panels on the door. Some would call it maybe that it possibly might have gotten T-boned before I bought it. I don't know. Um, and uh, so this car was great. It was closer to a go-kart than a car. And days like this, uh, like 
like I'm sitting pretty much on the ground. It is so low. The tires, I think they're like 10 inch. I don't even know. They're so low. Like if I was to borrow your toy tire, it'd be too big. Um, and and this thing was awesome. I love this car because it was my first car. We would stuff youth. So uh, when I was a youth pastor, we'd stuff youth all in there. It could fit five. We, we challenged that. And apparently the law, and I've since repented all that good stuff. So it's okay. But it was awesome. It was a low rider, especially when we had 10 youth. But um, one thing that happened, whenever it would snow, that car, it, bar- it bottomed out on speed bumps. So when it snowed, I would get stuck so much. Like, pretty much, I'd drive a little bit, I'm stuck. Drive a little bit, I got stuck. And I'd get stuck in, like, the smallest, like, well, pretty much everything was over the fender of my car. But I'd get, and that year especially, it snowed so much, and I'd get stuck so much. But something I learned from this car, and having to push it out daily is that when I'm pushing, if you're pushing a car, have you ever pushed a car out of uh, when it's stuck in snow? Have you ever just tried pushing, push, 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 and then you stop? It's really hard when you're just one time pushing and then stop and nothing happens. It's still stuck in that like snow rut. But what I learned from my 92 Dodge Colt is that there's a rhythm to it right? I'm like pushing it and then let it rock back. Push it, let it rock back. Push it, let it rock back. And I'm consistent. And the more I'm consistent in the pushing and then rocking back, pushing and rocking back, it got out of that rut and then that baby cruised for another block. But in life, sometimes it feels like, I don't know about you, but it can feel like you're stuck in a rut when it comes to God and connecting with God. And at, and at times, it can be, we can sometimes just push, push, push really hard and nothing's necessarily happening. We push really hard for one day and then we still feel like we're stuck, so we stop. And then, okay, maybe next week I'm going to try. Push, 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 but nothing. But what I learned from that 92 Dodge Colt, okay, push and then let go, push, and let go. There was a rhythm to it. I kept doing it, and the more, sometimes if we feel stuck in a rut when it comes to our relationship with God, it's just keep going daily. Keep that rhythm of doing it, and before you know it, you'll be out of that rut, and you'll be cruising better than that 92 Dodge Colt. I think there's a rhythm that we can do that will help you connect with God, making it part of your daily routine. You know, I believe God has got good things planned for you. Uh, Paul talks about uh, uh, the race that God has set before you and run that race. You know, having bread once a week or once a month isn't enough to sustain you for the upward call that God has for you. He's got so many good things for you. He's got a plan for you. He wants you to taste and see that the Lord is good. He wants you to be a walking billboard of his faithfulness, of his goodness. And what, just a once a week snack or a a once a month snack isn't enough. We need to receive our daily bread, having that rhythm, pushing out, having that rhythm to receive what God has. And as we do, I believe that that will produce in you God's character, the, his fruits, that it will produce what, uh, God's blessing. It will position you for what God has for you.
It's not faith in your prayers. It's faith in believing that God who you're connecting with will just do what he said he'll do. It's not your amount of praying. It's who you're praying to, who you're connecting to, which is Jesus, which is God, who, who there is, like, God didn't hold back the greatest thing he ever gave, which was his son for you. So he's not going to hold back any other thing. If you ask for bread, the Bible says, he's not going to give you a stone, right? You don't need to worry about your teeth. You can just taste and see that God is good. He will give you when you pray according to his will. Jesus is calling us to iceberg living, to seek him and then to chill or to abide in his shadow when things get hot, in the midst of when life heats up, the pressures, the challenges, and we have an opportunity to abide and rest in him. And as we do, he fights our battles. He brings provision. He brings peace. He will be your provision. He doesn't just bring provision. He is your provision. He doesn't just bring peace. The Bible says he is your peace. God has daily bread for us. As we seek him, as we abide in him, that in the midst of those pressures, the challenges, that he will then shelter you so that maybe to the right, to the left, they feel the heat, the pressure, but because you're under his shadow, it will not come near your house in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? You know, Matthew 6, 6 again, Jesus invites us to iceberg living. He says this, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Jesus is calling us to iceberg living. Not trying to do things in our own strength, but to walk with him, to work with him, to watch how he does it, to the, learn the unforced rhythms of his grace so that we can abide in him, rest in him, so that he can fight our battles, so that he can be the one to bring provision, so that he can be the one to be our shield, our guard, so that God can show his goodness in your life. Hey, I want to encourage you today. If you're not iceberg living, know that God is not mad at you. He's not condemning you. The Bible says in uh, John three seventeen that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. God's not beating you up. But he is calling you to a greater thing so that you can experience more of his goodness. So in your mind, if you're like, I'm beating myself up because I'm not icebergging it, don't because God isn't. But he's calling you to a higher way to live freely and openly. And I want to encourage you this week or even today to start iceberg living. And as you do, I know, because God watches his word, he performs it, that he will produce his character, the fruits of the spirit in you. He will position you, and he will protect you and provide for you. In Jesus' name. Would you close your eyes just for a moment of privacy for those around you? You know, I'm going to go in a little different direction than I had planned, but this morning, if, if you're believing for something and 
whether it's there's a, a challenge that you're just, I don't know how to do, there's an obstacle, whatever, if there's, if there's sickness, if there's depression, whatever it is, if you're believing for God, like, hey, God, I need breakthrough in this area. I want to just pray for that right now. I'm not going to call anybody up, but if you're here today and you're just like, God, I need breakthrough in this area, or I need provision in this area, would you just raise your hands? We're just going to pray over everyone. Father, I thank you, God, that you are great, that you are bigger than any situation, any challenge, that you love us so much that you gave your son. That, Father, you say that nothing can separate us from your love, that no height nor depth, no nothing created can separate us from your love, that depression can't, that sickness can't, that lack can't, that nothing can, and that you want to be everything that we need because you are everything that we need. So, Father, I pray, Father, for those people who are believing for breakthroughs in Jesus name I declare breakthrough in their life in Jesus name father for people believing for provision for jobs for contracts in Jesus name I declare contracts coming in Jesus name provision in Jesus name father we thank you that you are the provider father I thank you where there is needing healing in bodies right now in Jesus name I declare healing in Jesus' name. Father, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, Father, healing in Jesus' name. Father, I break off depression right now in Jesus' name. Father, every wrong word spoken against people, I break that off in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that where your spirit is, there is freedom, there is liberty. So, Father, I thank you right now that you breathe your breath of fresh air, Father. Father, that you bring freedom, that you bring hope in Jesus' name. I declare hope arising in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.